Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the network for professional podcasters. Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys quarterback and punter Danny White. We're, of course, brought to you by Bet Online, And it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's Biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sports book experts and oh man that was a mouthful danny but uh certainly thankful to the sponsor uh this week was cut down day and there weren't a lot of surprises with the roster i would say the biggest one would be cooper rush over garrett gilbert uh and they still have a lot of you know things they're going to do between now and next thursday when they play the Bucks to to flex around the roster, but your thoughts on Cooper Rush over Garrett Gilbert, and if that surprised you at all? Uh, no, uh, mostly because Garrett Gilbert just has not played at all. Um, you, you have no uh, information on any stats on him. He hasn't, um, you know, been able to play that much in the preseason, and and. Cooper Rush, I will tell you, every time he's gotten in a game, I have liked what he has done. Now, in the regular season last year when he played, there were some struggles, but in the preseason, I just I've just said all along, I think this guy just needs to play, just needs more opportunities to play. And I think the Cowboys probably saw the same thing. Kellen, Kellen and and you know, Mike probably Saw the same thing I did in in him and and a guy that uh, that can come in and play and not get you beat, which means that the defense has got to step up. I mean, anytime you lose a starting quarterback and the backup has to come in, the defense has to step up more than anything. The defense, the running game, all of that, and uh, so that's that's more a concern than uh, Cooper Rush, in my opinion. Yeah, and they, they did bring in Will Greer, I guess, as their, 
you know, and you want to have as many quarterbacks, I think, available to you because of COVID and how this thing can, can change. But Will Greer, right now, not really going to be a factor because he's not going to know the offense in a week. So even if, right. yeah, so he's not really a factor. He's more of a, a long-term thing. With Cooper Rush, I really think the only thing that, that limits him is he's not, you know, he doesn't have a Brett Favre rifle of an arm. You know, he's not that kind of quarterback, but he knows, he clearly knows the system and knows the offense. And that's what you want for a guy who would have to be thrust into action and all of a sudden get starter reps if Dak Prescott gets hurt. You, you're not expecting him to be Dak, but you, you need him to be somebody who knows the offense well and and can keep you within what you kind of want to do. Yeah. Uh, and he's been in the system, been, been in the Cowboys locker room. Um, he, yeah, arm strength to me is about 19th on a list of the 20 most important qualities of a quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, that's not, I mean, you learn as a quarterback to, uh, play with that. You get the ball out a little bit sooner. You anticipate a little bit better. Um, you, you The ball's in the air when a receiver comes out of his break. Uh, and those are, those are not bad things. Those are good things. And that's what you develop if you don't have a gun for an arm. And, um, and that's one of the things that I've noticed in Cooper. Um, if you watch him throw a 10-yard sideline route, that ball is in the air before the receiver turns and looks back or a, or a hook route or a slant. Um, and uh, that just gives the defensive back less time to react. So I, I think sometimes you can make an argument that um, ha- having a weaker arm uh, can, can almost be a positive. And, and look, with, with uh, Cooper Rush or whoever the Cowboys quarterback might wind up being, as long as the tragedies that befell them all at once last year don't happen again, i.e. the offensive line uh, stays intact, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, he looks a lot healthier and a lot quicker than he was last year, or I'd say in better shape, uh, and he doesn't have fumbles and you can run the offense through Zeke, that I don't really think that any backup quarterback would have the kind of problems that they had you know, as soon as Dak got hurt last year because, you know, everything else would be there in place. What Andy Dalton unfortunately stepped into last year was just a hurricane of problems. It's it's like um Paul, it's like I like I said earlier, um there is no position in all of sport that is more dependent on the people around him than a quarterback on a football team. And, you know, when you compare it to uh, a basketball point guard, a pitcher in baseball, those guys, you know, can operate pretty much independent of other people. But a quarterback on a football team cannot do anything by himself, nothing, Um, especially win a football game. And even though he touches the ball on every play and everybody makes a big deal out of that, well, and he's also the only guy that makes decisions on a football field. But everybody else kind of has to do their job before he can do his. And, and I know I played – I had kind of the best of both worlds when I played. For three or four years, I inherit, had inherited a Super Bowl team. We had a great offensive line, had Dorsett, you know, Randy White, and too tall on defense. And, and, um, and then when those guys started getting replaced – 
they weren't replaced with the with the same level, same quality players as what we had. So early '80s. I mean, my job was easy, and I, I I can remember thinking that man, this is like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, stand back! I just got to keep everybody happy. I got to throw one to Drew. I got to throw one to Tony. I got to throw one to Doug. I got to you know I got to Butch. I got to just keep them all happy and just distribute the ball rather than hoping that somebody gets open before the pass rush gets to me, which happened in the second half of of, of the eighties. Um, and man, that is no place for a quarterback to be. That is no fun. And so I've seen both sides of that. And I can tell you that, um, all those other factors have to, have to come into play. And when I backed up Roger and I came into games when he got hurt, everybody stepped it up. I could feel it. I mean, the guys in the huddle, they were, they were pulling for me and they were, you know, encouraging me and, um, that's the kind of stuff that has to happen for a backup quarterback to be successful. How much you mentioned Roger, you, you had that experience of being the backup for him. How important is it? I know, cause it's not always this way, but beneficial, important is it for the quarterback room to, to be on the same page and to, and to get along like you guys did. Um, it, uh, yeah, I don't know because I never had it the other way. Yeah. Uh, we got along so well, very similar lifestyles, similar priorities. You know, Roger was a family guy, very religious guy. Um, we, we just kind of uh, meshed. And, and, yet, and yet, we were fiercely competitive. Um, you know, I, I've told the story of Roger and bench pressing, and, you know, we were all – we were kind of equal in terms of how much we could bench press. And we had gotten 290 pounds, but nobody had gotten 305, which was kind of the next level. And one day I got it. And and there were not only a few of us there, uh, Bob Ward, our conditioning coach, Roger, and it was a big deal. I mean, I came up when I hit, got 305 up, I came up off that bench and man, I was jumping up and down. I was chair first quarterback ever to bench press 305. And Roger doesn't say a word. He just walks into the training room, into the locker room. And I said, what, is he mad? What? And then he comes walking back out with a paper cup, a Coke cup. And he walks over to the bar. And, you know, he had tried 305 dozens of times, and neither one of us had been able to get it. So he takes this cup, he breaks the bottom out of it, and he sticks it on the end of the barbell. And he gets down underneath it, and you can just see the determination in his face. And he bench presses 305 plus a paper cup, you know. And, and he he just beat me, you know. I mean, he just took the record away from me. So I was Roger. That was us competing against each other. And uh, having that relationship, working out together, you know, um, we could never uh, we could never get Clint Longley to work out with us. Mm in the, in the one off season that we had together. And I think that hurt Clint. Mm-hmm. It hurt us. Roger and I would all, we'd meet at the practice field at the same time. Clint would come at a different time. Uh, so, yeah, I think it is important. You also hear stories about Joe Montana and Steve Young that they didn't get along. Uh, I don't know if that makes it tougher. I would think it would. I would think that the relationship that I had with Roger was a definite advantage for me. I love hearing stories about how competitive he is. I we 
Uh, David Smoke, my co-host, and you, you, you've, you've been on our show before, but we were doing a, uh, a Wounded Warriors Amphitheater Project game in Dallas, and we were uh, helping promote that event and doing the PA for it, and Roger was playing in it, and he threw an interception to a guy, an amputee, and it was a legit interception. It was a guy with one arm picked off a pass, and Roger, <laughs> at 70, almost 70 years old at the time, was, I mean, he was P.O. Danny. I mean, he was oh, mad, like, no. went off the sideline mad. And, like, and that was, it was just kind of funny to see, like, hey, it's still, if this guy still, ha- if he was not 70, he'd still be trying to do this because it that that fire always burns in him. Let me tell you, Paul, he, he right now, he, of all things, he is, he is praying that my youngest son doesn't have another child <laughs> and the reason is we both have 15 grandchildren <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't want me to beat him and that would just be one more thing i could beat him at ping pong i could beat certain things and he just wouldn't play you know if, if he didn't think he was going to win he wouldn't play yeah that's how much he hated losing uh, so yeah, no question about it. I can see it. The one-armed guy picking off Roger. Oh, I would not want to be around him. T- took it to the house too, so it made it even even worse. I mean, it wasn't just like he picked it off and and somebody grabbed his flag. Like took it off right to the house. And wow. uh, Yeah, uh, he came off the sideline. I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's that is more than anything I've ever seen on film or or anything like that. It was that was it right there. I remember Smokey and I looked at each other, going, "Man, he's he's not." I mean, we, we may maybe need to like get him a breather a second here before he goes back out there. But uh, yeah, he was he it was awesome to see. All right, now the rest of the roster really came out kind of as expected, Danny, for the Cowboys. I would say that's a good thing that they didn't have a a lot of surprises or like last year there there's not a haha Clinton Dix or a Don Terry Poe on the roster who. Uh, you know, Don Terry Poe made it because uh, almost out of necessity, but I mean, he's essentially not there when he was playing and haha Clinton Dix didn't even make it out of camp. Everything kind of worked out for them this year, decision wise that they made in the off season. Yeah. Other than Neville Gallimore, I, you know, they didn't lose a guy in the preseason. Now I will say that there's a good side to that and the bad side, because the good side is nobody got hurt. The bad side is they're so conservative with playing players in the preseason. I think it was a mistake not to play Dak. I think it was a mistake not to play Zeke and then Amari Moore and Tank Lawrence. And uh, those guys need to feel you know, sooner or later you have to play the game. And football is unique in that you get hit. Your body has to get conditioned and get used to getting hit and landing on the ground and getting up. And and um, when when you haven't done that and you're going out and doing it for the first time and it's and it's a live game with real bullets flying around and, you know, um, nobody taking it, you know, that needed to happen in the preseason, in my opinion. And I think it was a mistake, especially for Dak, since he didn't play at all last year, you know, played the first four games. But – um, I really hope that it doesn't end up hurting them or hurting him if his timing's off, if he's um, a little bit quicker to make a decision to take a sack, to throw the ball away. I think it will. I don't know that we'll ever know that, um, whether it did or not. But I just think it was a mistake 
for those guys not to play in the preseason, but they did have a good year in that regard. Um, and yeah, you're, you know, not having to play a guy like Don Terry Poe that just really killed them. They would have made the playoffs if they hadn't had Don Terry Poe on the roster to start the season because he affected the linebackers and people around him in a negative way that cost them some games, in my opinion, that they otherwise would have won. Yeah, Babe Loffenberg told me he was the first player he ever saw to retire during a play. That's how bad Don Terry Poe was last year. Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. – he, 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 he was out for Don Terry Poe. He got that contract and he got, you know – Three million bucks or whatever he got, and that's other than that, he was going through the motions. Yeah, uh, the uh, you mentioned Dak not playing. You guys played what six games in the preseason? Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was a pretty uh, fair rotation. Like you know, Rogers play, Roger played a lot. You played a lot. Like you didn't. Uh, it wasn't like you know four snaps and gone either, was it? Oh no, no, and the first year. Um, it was just Roger and I, and then there were some younger guys, n- nobody that was drafted, um, that, that played some, I can't ever re- even remember who it was now. Um, and then Glenn Carano came along. Um, but there were, there were never, there was never a game. I don't think that. Roger didn't play in at all or that I, after Roger retired that I didn't play in, in the preseason at all. I think we always played in all the games, even if it was just for a couple of series, we at least played. Yeah. It's, it's very different now. And of course you've been to practice. I mean, it's not anything, you know, I always, when I go to training camp and people ask me, how do the Cowboys look? I say, well, I mean, they, they can beat the Cowboys. That's all I've seen them do because they don't really hit. They don't, you know, it's it's all very different now. So it's it's hard to tell unless you watch it every single day, you know, who's really coming along because it's not what you're used to uh, watching football practice. Well, not, not only is practice different, the games are different. Um, you can't, you know, as long as they're in the pocket, you can't hit them below the waist. You can't hit them above the shoulders. You can't hit them with your helmet. You can't hit them in the helmet, obviously. Um, that's that is so different. I want to go back. I want to <laughs> rewind the clock and go back and play under these conditions, under these rules. And I think I could play for another five or six years, really and truly. And people ask me about uh, how how Tom Brady can play twenty years, you know, and and uh, Drew Brees and these guys, is it because they're just in better shape? Their diet is better? They've learned how to eat? Well, none of that is true. We, we, worked, we worked out as hard as anybody and as hard as they do. And uh, they may have their own personal individual trainers, but they don't work any harder than we did. Um, the difference is the rules. And when you're not getting hit, just stay in the pocket. As long as you don't get outside the pocket and try to run. That's why guys, I think, like Kyler Murray, um, Lamar Jackson, these guys are not going to play for 20 years in the league because they're they're outside the pocket too much. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly yeah, it's a whole different game. I, I, 
I wonder how many different guys would would love to have that that rule. I mean, look, Ro- I mean, Roger, we just mentioned. I mean, that was a guy who had you know who concussions, you know, cost him uh, his career, and and you know, still, I mean, like I told you, seventy years old, he's still a guy in great shape. So it wasn't like he was, you know, he let himself go or anything like that. It's you know, it was just the matter of the game and the way it was played back then. Yeah, you could have had more years out of almost anybody because of because well, of yeah, and even to this day, Rogers in great shape. You know, he's eighty years old, mm-hmm. will be in February. Um, so he's he's a guy that takes care of himself, um, and mostly he's got a wife that that won't let him get out of shape. She's not going to let him die before she does. That's that's how Marianne is. She's 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 probably as competitive as Roger is. <laughs> Just nobody knows it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, last thing before we go, let's let's look ahead of the game a little bit next week, and we'll talk. We'll do a game preview next week. We're just going to uh, release right before uh, the game that you're you're doing next week with Tampa. They have not had, like you said, real live action, and this is a Bucks team that's got all 22 starters back. It never happens that way after the Super Bowl. Uh, they got in as a wild card last year and peaked in the playoffs uh, and, and hit their stride. They're all back. Uh, everybody's together. I mean, I know it's Tom Brady, and he's 44 years old or whatever he is, but uh, is wouldn't it have been nice to see the guys, at least the first-team offense, play together before they have to go and match with the, the Super Bowl champions? Absolutely, Paul. I mean, that, that the single biggest um, complaint I have about the team this year so far, and I don't think that's Mike's decision. I think that's Jerry's decision, but I don't know that for a fact. But whoever makes that decision, I think it was a mistake to not have them all play in a game together at least a quarter. And we got to see, and we made a big deal about the fact that in the third game, you know, they started that first off was the first time the offensive line had all been together. And, but, but it's not the same without Dak in the huddle, without Zeke, um, without having all those guys in there. And, um, I'm I if I was a betting man, I would bet that it's going to have an impact on the game on Thursday. Uh, the fact that they just have not played a single snap with all of them in the game together. Yeah, I, I think so. Now, the, you know, kind of my running joke of the Cowboys is, is that the moment that you think that they're like, oh, well, this is a bad matchup for them, uh, they're not going to win this one, is when the lights come on all of a sudden, you know, it, they they can they can roll it out and, and, and surprise you. But this is going in on a Thursday night to open the season when the banner's going up against Tom Brady and you haven't played together just makes me so nervous because that place – at Raymond James is going to be lit up. They are going to be ready to go. Yeah, they will be. This is going to be a big deal. This this is going to this will might break all the ratings for a regular season game. I don't know if there's such a thing, but um, this is going to be a big game, and I'm I'm fearful that the Cowboys are going to be kind of the brunt, take the brunt of that um, that attack, uh, but. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I think play calling is going to be really important. Uh, they're going to have to get in and, and make sure they do things that are not that's not going to um, play plays that are easy to uh, to to have success with. Uh, 
um, run the football, short passes. And, you know, you say that about every game, but you, you don't have a Dak Prescott that's coming in in full stride. You just don't. And and I don't care how much money he makes um, and how valuable he is to this team. He is not going to be uh, 100% when they start the game. He just can't be. It's been too long since he's played. And you cannot duplicate game speed even in a preseason game, but especially in practice, there's no way to duplicate game speed. The game of football is unique. Again, and I keep saying this, but to any other in that when the lights come on and there's live bullets and it's a real game, everything is a little bit faster than it was in practice was in the preseason. And um, it's uh it's going to be really interesting, uh, an interesting game to watch. It is, and uh, I, yeah, I, I wonder if, in fact, Dak, because of what you said, it might be the third or fourth game before we see Dak at a hundred percent. Dak, like because you know, will be, yeah, yeah, he hasn't played, so yeah, it, could- it definitely will be, and that's and that's your preseason. That's that's why we had six games when I played, and now it's three, and it's gonna it'll end up being two or one very shortly, uh, I'm sure. Um, and I attribute that to owners who don't really, I don't think really understand the game and the demands of the game. Um, they, they should play at least two games and everybody should play, in my opinion, to really be ready for the regular season. Yeah, They want national TV games that everybody sees every week and the preseason is not making them as much TV money. That's what it's about. You know, and they well, can, yeah. If they can, if they could convert all of the preseason games to regular season games, they would do it. the The players' association is not going to let them do that. They might get away with eighteen, um, but unless they're paying them a whole lot more money, and and that's probably down the road, mm-hmm. and and maybe a, a situation where the player a player can only play a certain number of games in a season and you have 20 games, but a player can only play in 16 of them. I don't know, but something like that I think is, uh, is in the future for the NFL. All right, Danny, always uh, enjoy it. We'll talk again next week uh, when you will be in Tampa getting ready for that first game. It's, it's one week away. I cannot wait for the season to start. All right, Paul. Uh, This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Paul Catalina, alongside former Cowboys quarterback and punter Danny White. This is the Believe Podcast Network. Have a great week, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Thank you.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.